the research very much found that, that, that fishers who turn to sail for help have problems with tax, particularly budgeting for their tax, which then results in debts for tax payments, which can be very problematic. To access welfare benefits, um, such as universal credit, there's a five-week assessment period. So if you're injured or unwell, that's five weeks in which you're unable to earn your income from going out to sea and therefore have no money to put food on the table. So it's important, therefore, that people are able to build their own safety net. Part of the reason why we're, we're calling this a share fisher plus approach is because you know we recognise the importance and the value of the share fisher approach to fishing. Share fishers in particular are financially very capable because they have to deal with so much more than we do as PAYE and this is about trying to make it easier for them. So welcome to Fathom episode 28 and we are certainly continuing to roll through very uncertain times especially with the breaking news this week of a second national lockdown but this news really highlights the importance of the conversation that is taking place in this episode of Fathom. In this episode, we are joined by Tina Barnes and Deborah Laid from Seafarers UK, a well-known maritime charity that has supported the industry in various ways over the years. Things like the Get Sea Fit project, which you may have seen recently in the shape of the Keyside Dental Support Service. Also the Fishing Animator project that helps develop funding applications and access grant support. Things like the Fishing Loans via the Credit Union in Cornwall and in Dorset. And not forgetting this very podcast. More currently, Seafarers UK have been busy in the background developing a piece of research which is titled Fishing Without a Safety Net. And there's been a lot of talk about this since the report was launched earlier in October. I will point out at this point that the research was commissioned in 2019 and took place prior to the coronavirus pandemic, but its findings have been highlighted over the last six months. The intent of the research was to explore the real financial difficulties inherent in earning a living from fishing. It aimed to identify and develop an evidence base of interventions that could support the financial health and resilience of fishermen and their families. An important point to raise here is that the research is based on the real financial problems experienced by 431 fishermen and their families across the UK, which was identified in the anonymised client and beneficiary data records of three maritime welfare charities, which are Seafarers Advice and Information Line, better known as SAIL, the Shipwrecked Mariners Society, and Seafarers Hospital Society. So, in true Fathom style, we felt it was important to bring this research report to you as a conversation. So we welcome both Deborah and Tina onto Fathom to help unravel some of the findings and recommendations with an aim to raise awareness of this work amongst the catching sector. As mentioned in this episode several times, Seafarers UK are calling on the industry to respond to this research and offer suggestions, thoughts and views on what you would like to see developed to improve the financial resilience across the sector. This is clearly still very much an active piece of work, and we at Fathom will continue to keep you updated with its progress. So let's get into this week's episode. Over to Tina and Deborah. All right, so it's Fathom 28, and I think it was about time because it's probably been, I don't know, well, over a year now, and we haven't had our, our funders on the actual podcast itself. So we welcome Tina Barnes and Deborah Laid from seafarers uk and just to jump on the on the on the bandwagon of the safety net that's been uh, banded around a lot online and uh, a report released very recently 
which also was uh, accompanied with a, an online webinar that went down very well. And it certainly caught my attention. I'm sure lots of other people across the UK. Well, I know there's people tuning in from other parts of the world as well. So it seems like it's definitely uh, picked up good momentum there. But um, just want to welcome you both. And before we go into anything specific, for people that haven't heard, I think it's good just to give a very short introduction to the research. I know it's something that hasn't just come about in the last few months. This is a piece of work that's been in the making for, for well over a year. Um, maybe Tina, you just want to kick us off with the, a little bit of where the origins are of this and the back, background before we dive into anything uh, in more detail. Okay, thanks, Chris. So the research looks at the real financial problems experienced by 431 fishers and their families. These were fishers who had turned to the Seafarers Advice and Information Line for help. Seafarers Advice and Information Line, also known as SAIL, is a citizen's advice service for um, seafarers and fishers. So it provides confidential, free advice and information about people's own unique circumstances. Now, these were fishers who had turned to Seafarers Advice and Information Line for help to manage their financial problems. So the research is specifically focused on the type of problems and difficulties that fishers can have with managing their money. Um, you know, I, I know there are a lot of fishers who are doing very well and are very adept at managing their money. But actually, you know, this, this, the research very much focuses on those that have problems. But saying that, I think it's relevant for everybody because actually you don't know when you're going to uh, have an illness or an accident or need to make a repair. That means that you're no longer to, able to earn an income from fishing. And, you know, you might be making very good money today, but you don't know what tomorrow holds. The research very much found that, that, that fishers who turn to sell for help have problems with tax, particularly budgeting for their tax, which then results in debt for tax payments, which can be very problematic, but also in paying priority debts. Now, priority debts are uh, difficult because actually they're the type of debts that should be paid first. Because if you don't pay your priority debts, and priority debts tend to be things like rent, mortgage, council tax, so amongst the basics, if you don't pay those type of debts, then it can end up in um, imprisonment or quite large fines for people. So actually making the problem a lot worse. And I think what we found with the research that people don't know where to go for advice and help with some of these problems which is why we're trying to raise the awareness of um, you know, the maritime welfare charities that we fund and the Seafarers Advice and Information Line is that primary source of help for a lot of people to get that advice and information they need. In terms of why we commission this research, the fact that Seafarers UK is a, is a, is a grant funder and we commission the research exactly as you say to understand the financial problems and very importantly what we could do about it um, to support them to become more financially resilient. And actually, you know, in terms of the four recommendations that we've made for, for um, you know, for, for charities to, to undertake, um, we, well, actually all 10 recommendations, we want feedback from fishers themselves on what works for them, what doesn't work, what ideas they have, um, you know, what, what's happened before, because as part of the research, uh, we interviewed at least... 25 stakeholders, Tina, 
Um, That's right. Which which ranges from, uh, for example, Paul Trebilcock, um, Barry Dees, Alan McCullough, um, you know, many, many people. And each time we got so many golden nuggets from every single conversation that's really moved this forward. Great. That sounds good. I think that that covers the, the intro well. And I think ultimately it, it's good that you highlighted who the research was carried out or conducted with as a there's a specific part of the fleet people that have been seeking support through sale obviously we've had miles on here from sale before talking about their service and that that went down really well and raising awareness of the services like sale but then finding out yeah the challenges those people might have faced Uh, and obviously covid has probably really intensified that over the last six months um, which makes this research even more beneficial i suppose to where we're going next and and i guess we can dive in a little bit to some of the recommendations now I think, I guess, given given our listeners there a bit of an overview, a bit of a background of where this has come from, why the research has taken place, and obviously a good, a, a really good intention from Seafarers UK to not just modernise what's out there, but actually be quite innovative of what potential recommendations and services could come on the back of this to help, as we always, as as you've said multiple times, build and strengthen the resilience of fishermen and their families. So. Um, I mean, we could probably go on all day about the recommendations. You've got 10 in there. <laughs> There's probably an episode on each of them, but I had to pick a few out and a couple that are really interesting, not just to me, hopefully, but to everyone out there. But certainly just wanted to kick off with with this idea of a Share Fisher Plus cooperative approach. So perhaps, Tina, you could just break that down a little bit for, for us and actually explain what the what sort of services could we benefit from if there's a bit of cooperative approach to to support fishermen and their families? Yeah, I, I think the big thing that we realise with the uh, fishing without a safety net research is that there's a lot of people who get into financial problems because they don't have their own safety nets. Um, you know, to access welfare benefits, um, such as universal credit, there's a five-week assessment period. So if you're injured or unwell, that's five weeks in which you're unable to earn your income from going out to sea and therefore have no money to put food on the table. So it's important, therefore, that people are able to build their own safety net. And to do that, you know, savings and having reserves are a good thing. But if you've not been able to budget and put away some savings, then there are other ways in which you can build that safety net. Insurance is one of those, for example, and we're discovering that it, you know, it can be quite difficult for fishers to get insurance on their own. The idea of the cooperative approach is that through uh, co- collective uh, group purchasing, it's possible to access a range of financial products such as critical injury, sickness insurance, life assurance, pensions, etc., which, you know, people can use to help them build their own safety net in case problems arise. Within this cooperative, we'd also like there to be access to tax and legal helplines in order to help give fishers the advice and information they need. The, The idea of having this single cooperative is that there's a single point of access, a single point of entry, that fishers know that these are products that are suitable and appropriate and meet their needs. Part of the idea here as well is that, you know, we want fishers to be able to have a process which is simple and easy for them to access 
We don't want them having to read tons of small print and terms and conditions. We want them to have an assurance that these are products that can help them and be in their, their best interest. So something simple, something easy, something that's good quality, and importantly, something that's affordable. So that's what we're hoping to achieve with this um, cooperative approach to accessing financial products. Part of the reason why we're calling this a Share Fisher Plus approach is because, you know, we recognise the importance and the value of the Share Fisher approach to fishing. Um, you know, we're not trying to do anything to um, damage that or, or uh, affect that. But what we're trying to do is to enhance it. And what we're trying to do here is to recognise that, you know, if you are an employee, you actually have a range of uh, benefits and protections which are not available to share fishers and other self-employed or gig economy uh, workers. And by that, you know, I'm talking about things such as, you know, sickness pay, for example, um, auto enrolment into a pension, but also the employer's contribution to your pension as well. Um, all of that can affect your entitlement to a state pension and therefore when you're able to retire at a later date. The lack of these elements actually uh, means that a fisher might be driven out to sea by the econo economic necessity of earning an income at a time when they're not well enough or fit enough. And so this is why we're calling it a safety net, because this does mean that uh, fishers are able to, to you know, take the choice rather than make mm. the dangerous choice um, the low rate of national insurance contributions, as Tina said, the lack of the pensions um, and, yeah, the cooperative is a single point of access. Seafarers UK, though, is, is a charity. So, you know, we do also need to be careful how we spend our own money. So we need to make sure that we're going to be doing something that's right and that works for people. So we very much welcome feedback on our proposals. And you can see more about it if you watch the webinar, which is available on the Seafarers UK YouTube page. Um, we're, we're very much inviting comments, inviting views from people about what they want and, and what could help you to build your own safety net. Just taking a bit of a, a wider look at some of the other recommendations um, and something that I've, I've personally witnessed the, the impact it's made is, is the role of credit unions and how they can support fishing communities fishing businesses, fishing families, um, and just witnessing the work that's happened down in Cornwall. But I really welcome the fact that it's in there as a recommendation and how how do we actually scale up something like this? It's clear the benefits it offers through helping businesses access uh, what was European Maritime and Fisheries Funds even. But again, I've spent quite a bit of time working in other parts of the UK, helping associations, businesses access European funding. Um, but when you couldn't offer them the credit union facility that you could offer Cornish-based businesses, it was quite heartbreaking seeing, knowing that the difference that would make or how quickly that would speed things up. So having that in there as a recommendation certainly lit my eyes up. And I think knowing we've got a, a future grant scheme coming forward from the MMO in 2021, um, but also, again, witnessing the the impact COVID's made on the industry, probably wiping a lot of people's reserves out. So how do we go about doing this? It's again, it's a, another thing is, is great idea. Where do we start with it? Is there a, is there a facility out there? Is it a credit union out there that we know that might take this on as it, it comes with risk, but obviously Seafarers UK have had a really big 
um, role to play in, in, in making things like this happen regionally in Cornwall. So uh, where, do, where do we kick this off? Okay, Chris, so we have already kicked it off, but democracy can be a slow process. So we have um, very good discussions with a very large um, credit union, which serves the whole of the UK. So that would provide us with the UK-wide credit union option because they're already used to, you know, providing accounts in Northern Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales, etc. Um, the, the credit union that we're talking to has in excess of 25,000 members and £70 million pounds out on loan. So, you know, they're very used to dealing with, you know, large numbers and um, a range of different types of customers and customers' needs. Now, um, you know, we're, we're having to go step by step with this. And as I say, democracy can be a lengthy process. So first of all, their board of directors need to agree the proposal and then the, the credit union's existing membership need to vote on it. And then it needs to be agreed by the regulator. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that if democracy um, goes forward in agreement, then we should be able to roll out credit union access throughout the UK for fishers from April next year. So that's the proposal that we're currently working on. So um, we're hopeful and we're keeping our fingers crossed. We have a backup plan if that one doesn't work out, but we think this is something that, that we could be able to deliver by April next year. With the credit union, though, it's, it's not just about loans. It's also about being able to save on a regular basis. And credit unions are quite good at doing jam jar type budgeting accounts which we're hopeful could help to um, help people to budget for their tax bill, for example. So we're hoping it can offer a range of those type of different services. Some credit unions also offer some insurance services and a sort of um, a death benefit as well. So there are many benefits for uh, being a credit union member, not just being able to access a loan, but I think we found from the research that that's often one of the most important things that people need because, you know, a number of, uh, a number of fishers struggle to be able to access credit from a high street bank um, who are unwilling to take vessels as security. But, um, you know, that then leaves people with very little choice but to go to more high interest lenders. And obviously that causes a bigger problem because the debt then becomes more expensive and more difficult to pay off in the long term, which is why we think credit unions provide an affordable alternative um, to help people access credit and be able to um, therefore access the things that they need, whether that be a boat repair or uh, to purchase new equipment. So um, I think, you know, uh, listen here and hopefully we'll have more to share in April. And at that time, Chris, we, we hope you might invite the credit union on um, to the podcast to talk about its services too. I'm really thankful for you actually backtracking there and explaining the role of a credit union because I sort of delved in a bit too quick on the role of scaling up this operation in Cornwall. I'm sure there's people out there that probably don't even know what's, what's happened in Cornwall over the last couple of years with the support of Seafarers UK and, and actually helping create these fishing loans to help fishing businesses access European grant money and recognizing credit unions are, are this incredible facility that go beyond what a typical high street bank can offer in terms of credit and loans. And those, 
usual things again that, that other businesses might find just happen without thinking too much but actually fishing in its in its unique form often people struggle there to secure any finance or loan support so and what you're talking about now a simplified national version ready for april next year we won't hold you to that but that that is really promising and certainly and that also aligns hopefully with this new grant program coming forward from the mmos yeah and chris just to say as well i think you're right to um to talk more about uh the experience in cornwall because you know um the experience in cornwall is that seafarers uk were were able to put in a £30,000 grant, which underwrote the credit risk of the credit union lending to fishers. And that £30,000 has now been lent out over five times. Um, you know, so there's over £170,000 worth of loans that have been made with that money, um, and which has all been repaid so far without any default, which is really good yeah. news. Uh, that sounds really good. And I think the main thing is 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 making that accessible and known to everyone is getting the word out about services like that. Again, it's I can only reflect on in Cornwall, but it's it takes a while to get that message out and it's something that needs to work a a handful of times and have some good positive experiences from fishermen to then the the knock on effect of people coming in on the back of that word of mouth. It's it's that type of thing. So it's it's probably another another idea of then actually how do we scale that up as well and build that trust around these other financial systems that are out there but um yeah just moving forward again into into another recommendation um i was actually on the webinar and i i, I caught caught a question but, um i just saw it pop up and it was someone saying um should we bring uh financial training into the the one day basic entry courses that Seafish deliver. So at the moment you have maybe four or five basic safety courses to enter the industry, looking at new entrants, potentially people that are just leaving school, college, going from from a student straight into a fishing career. You've got no experience of becoming self-employed all of a sudden and all the issues that come and everything we've spoken about today. So the, the, there seems like it's a no-brainer again to bring in some sort of voluntary training that people could undertake to build their skills here um, but recognize that is a little bit of a sensitive subject as well as sort of making something mandatory or how do we do that in a way that could could help people, whatever they are, new entrants or people that want to build these skills later on in their career? How, how might that look? What we're really trying to do with the financial capability training is provide some basic information and advice which helps to signpost people to some of the things that can help them with some of this decision making. Um, certainly, um, the Seafarers Advice and Information Line sale is a citizen's advice service and is, you know, a, a consumer champion, a consumer advocate, you know, to help people, as is, you know, Martin Lewis, the money saving expert. So even knowing that those two resources exist <laughs> are very helpful um, to help improve people's financial capability. But in terms of your a specific question about the financial capability training. We are already talking with Seafish about their um, new entrant training, and Seafish have agreed that they will include um, financial capability within their health and safety uh, training for new entrants. You know, a wonderful achievement, and we're, we're really delighted that Seafish see the value of doing that. But it also sort of goes to show that there's an increase in recognition of how important money is in terms of people's uh, mental health and, um, you know, their relationships and, you know, their safety, really. You know, if you're going out to sea at a time when your mind's on something else and you're worried about your financial problems, 
you're going to be distracted and you're going to be more at risk than you know you might otherwise be you know and what we'd really like to do with the financial capability training is you know ensure that people know where to go to get help so hopefully in putting the financial capability training within the seafish new entrant training it then starts people off in the right way for their future fishing career and helps to avoid some of the problems that people have experienced previously Mm. yeah that sounds really good and i think having that specific training package tailored to fishing as opposed to something generic that might be out there or some sort of other online resources that aren't specific to what the fishing industry is and the difference in terms of it's been a share fisherman and the likes that that gives it a real purpose and sense and i suppose easier for people to take on board and 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 benefit from straight away like you say it's safety it all comes back to safety at the end of the day it's health safety welfare the the three are very intertwined so yeah Absolutely. And we're, we're going to be having um, a small working group to make sure that the training is more fishy than generic. I mean, 80% of personal finance is the same for everybody, but there are some things that are different for fishers, and particularly in relation to um, income tax and national insurance. Those are important messages that we, we will want to get across in the training. The training module will be you know, a one-hour training module, which will be available online for free. So any other trainer would be able to access it and be able to use it and incorporate in training that they're doing with fishers. So, you know, as a charity, we want to ensure that it's a free resource and it has benefit for the industry. I'd just like to say that I think it's worth emphasising that actually fishing into the future and fishing without a safety net also drew out the fact that share fishers in particular are financially very capable because they have to deal with so much more than we do as PAYE. And this is about trying to make it easier for them. Um, And also it's about group purchasing and, you know, moving forward and giving some ideas. But the base already that share fishers are from is extremely complex. And, you know, our research has shown that they are very financially capable. And this is just assisting them to the next level and looking at providing the safety net as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think those three recommendations, that, that that's three that I picked out of yours. But I, I encourage anyone listening to really take a proper look at the report. It's online. It's, it's, I'm sure we can put links in the show notes to this, but on the Seafarers UK website, they can find it. And like you say, you can actually go back and watch that webinar. I don't want to repeat anything that was already said there you had some really good guests on the webinar and um people can go and get a better understanding and actually read the report and see what type of work's going on but where can we follow this now from here just as a bit of an outro a bit of a summary what what's we've covered those three recommendations where where's a good sort of we do have a new twitter account called the safety net one and that's one as in the digit the number one so the safety net one and that's a new twitter account that i've set up which aims to share information about um, fishing but also personal finance issues that may be of interest and of use to fishers and um, some stuff i just retweet because you know it's uh, simple it applies to everybody but some do that do have a more fishing angle Um, And I think particularly in respect of self-employment issues, there's a lot of common ground there that we need to be keeping an eye on. Um, You know, when there are policy changes and welfare changes for self-employed, we need to be making sure that fishers also benefit from that as well. Just to give you sales number 0800 160 1842 or www.saleline.com. 
www.ghostbusters.org.uk. Fathom was brought to you by the Cornish Fish Producers Organisation with support from Seafarers UK.